This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord. All right, if you have, just remain standing, I'm going to pray. If you have any kind of problem in your body, San Antonio, Cape Town, Johannesburg, raise your right hand right now, I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to heal you right where you're standing, if you need healing in your body. So Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for your anointing that sweeps across this building and touches every person with their hand raised. I thank you, Father, for that warm heat that flows through their body right now to heal them. And I say, thank you, I receive the anointing. Say, I receive the anointing to flow through my body and heal me right now. There you go. In the name of Jesus. Cape Town. San Antonio. Jasper. God's healing people everywhere. Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Shout amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we bow before you tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have as your children to gather together and worship our Father. We thank you for the word you've given us. As I come now to teach I know that you will anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything. Carried by your anointing, your power, and love to each person's mind, bringing understanding and removing confusion. To every heart that your word enter, bringing faith, dispelling every fear. And we'll be careful to give you alone all the praise, honor, and glory for all that's revealed and accomplished through your word by your spirit here today in Jesus' wonderful name. And all those who love the Lord said, Amen. give somebody a high five and you can sit down. All right. By God's grace, we are able to take back what the devil has stolen. God tells us we can be strong with His strength. Even though we don't deserve His help, this is called grace from a merciful God. This is part two in our little series. I want to encourage you to get Sunday morning's message. If you weren't here, watch it online. Go to Romans 5, verse 2. Romans 5, verse 2. I like it when folks follow in their own Bibles because then you can write in your Bible. It is a fact that when you write in your own Bible, you're going to grow in your faith much quicker and to greater levels, greater levels. So I encourage folks to bring their Bible and write in them. All right, Romans 5, verse 2. <clears throat> Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now let's look at that verse. It says, the first part, through whom we have access by faith. Access by faith into grace. So that faith gives me access to grace. 
in which we stand. So this, I stand by grace. Now Paul the Apostle said, all that I am, I am by what? The grace of God. He said, all that I am, I am by the grace of God. Is that what he said? In other words, everything Paul accomplished in life, he did it by depending on God's grace to do it. He said, I labored more abundantly than all the other apostles, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. In other words, he's saying that everything he ever did in life, God did through him because he depended on God's mercy to get it done. He believed that God was a merciful God. It's by faith that God is merciful that sees God work for us. And our problem today is so many people feel they're unworthy. They don't deserve anything from God. Good news is none of us do. By God's grace, all of us will. Because God is merciful, we receive from the Father. Amen? That's why. And that's what Paul said here. He says, I accomplished everything by the grace of God. And that's what this verse says. We stand by the grace of God. Amen? Now, we stand, we overcome, we succeed by faith in the grace of our merciful God. So that I stand, I overcome, I succeed by the grace, sorry, by faith in the grace of our merciful God. So this, I can use my authority, the name of Jesus. I can use my shield of faith because of God's love, mercy, and grace. Because of God's, God's love, mercy, and grace, I can use my shield of faith. I can use the name of Jesus. Amen? How are we going to depend on God's mercy if we don't believe God is merciful? Let that hang for a moment. Say that with me. How am I going to believe in God's mercy if I don't believe that God is merciful? So I've got to know that God is merciful before I can believe that He is, right? I've got to hear it from the Bible. Amen. That's what we're doing tonight. Believing that God is a merciful God will give me great confidence to depend on God's strength and God's wisdom. It will give me great confidence to use the authority I have in the name of Jesus and to use my shield of faith. However, faith that God is merciful must come first. Faith that God is merciful must come before I have mercy. Faith that God is merciful must come first before I experience mercy. Because the Bible tells us in James 1, 7, without faith we can receive nothing from God. Say this, without faith... I can't even receive mercy or grace from God. 
Because nothing means nothing. Because why? That's what nothing means. Let not, let's not allow the devil to tell us that we don't deserve God's help. God will do it for others. He won't do it for me. Don't say that. That is the subject of this message. The goal is to help us understand that God will do it for everyone. Just like he did when he walked the earth. The purpose of this message is to help us understand God's character and God's nature and that he is a loving, merciful God. And mercy is available and freely available. Now go to Hebrews chapter 4, please, in verse 16. Hebrews 4, verse 16, from the New King James translation. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So God could have called his throne the throne of great power, the throne of great wisdom. But he called it the throne of grace. So we can come to his throne for mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Once again, none of us will come for grace if we don't believe that God is merciful. Ephesians 3.12, New Living Translation. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come fearlessly into God's presence. Assured of his glad welcome. Assured of his glad welcome. So that because I believe in Jesus, I can now come boldly, fearlessly, into the Father's presence and be assured of a glad welcome. Romans 5, sorry, Ephesians 3.12. Now go to Romans 5, verse 17. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So that if I receive abundance of grace, I will reign in life. I will rule like a king. Reign, live over life circumstances like a king. And God wants me to reign in life. Amen. So by God's mercy and grace... I will overcome and be victorious in this life. That's what this is saying. But so many don't receive God's grace. They, want to, they insist on struggling in their own strength. And as I said on Sunday morning, if we're struggling in our own strength, God's going to watch us and do nothing to help us until we give up and cry out for mercy. Then he will help us. So God is saying, don't struggle. Let me cause you to succeed in your life. The word reign means to live holy, to overcome life's problems, to succeed, and it means to conquer. The word here in the Greek for reign also means to conquer. Now let's look at Romans 5.17 again. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. So let's go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Jeremiah, where God is warning Israel to turn back 
to him and forsake worshipping idols, which they, were, which they have made with their own hands. So please turn with me to Jeremiah 25 in your Old Testament. So I'll remind you what we're going to read is that the children of Israel made their own idols with their own hands and worshipped them. Now, how can a person be that dumb and still breathe? Make a god out of wood and then bend down and worship it. Well, they did it. Again, again, the Lord has sent. You got it? Jeremiah 25, 4, have you got it? Again, again, the Lord has sent you his prophets, but you have not listened or even tried to hear. Each time this, the message was this, turn from the evil road you are traveling and from the evil things you are doing. Only then will I let you live in this land. You see, the Bible tells us that the land of Israel was given to Abraham and his seed, singular. Galatians, Paul says in Galatians that God gave the land to Abraham and seed, singular, being Christ. Now, every time you see seeds in God gave it to your seed or, or your descendants, it's actually seed singular in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament. It's never plural. It's always talking about Christ. And Paul was right when he said that in Galatians. So, the point I'm making here is that the land of Israel was given to Christ. Say this, the land of Israel belongs to Christ. It's his land. And if the children of Israel don't live right, God kicks them out of the land. And that's happened a few times in their history. So, he said, yeah, each time the message was this. Turn from the evil road you're traveling and from the evil things you are doing. Only then will I let you live in this land that the Lord gave you and your ancestors forever. Now that means seed. Do not make me angry by worshiping the idols you have made. Then I will not harm you. But you would not listen to me, says the Lord. You made me furious by worshiping your idols, bringing on yourselves all the disasters you now suffer. So say this, the children of Israel brought upon themselves all the trouble they now experience. Now as a result of their behavior, they were conquered by the Babylonians and taken to Babylon as slaves. All right, so that's what happened right here. Now let's go to Jeremiah 29 and verse 1. And we're going to read something very interesting here. The New Living Translation, Jeremiah 29 and verse 1, please. You need to see this in your Bible. It would be a great blessing to you. Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the elders, priests, prophets, and all the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. All right, so King Nebuchadnezzar conquered the land of Israel, conquered Jerusalem, and took the Israelites to Babylon and made them slaves. Verse 4, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives 
he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Now the next instruction is very interesting. Verse 5. Now they're slaves in Babylon, right? Now this is what God says. I want you to build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Now this is good instruction for us right now. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. Wow. That's what it tells the Israelites who are slaves in Babylon. Now, very interesting, right? Even more interesting is verse 7. Now he says to them, the slaves in Babylon, he says, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you to exile. Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where you are now slaves. So this is getting very interesting. Now, so what I'm saying here is what God's saying to us is today, our world is a mess right now, right? Our whole world's a mess. The spirit of Antichrist is trying to turn us all into slaves. And I spoke about that last year at Celebration. Well, thank God, the central, the central bank digital currency, CBDC, has been stopped by Congress in America because of our prayers this last week. So now we've got to keep interceding because, you know, the devil doesn't give up that easy, right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, get my tapes from last celebration. Now, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you to exile. That's not all. Pray for the land, pray for the Lord for it. Pray to the Lord for it. For its welfare will determine your welfare. So if Babylon prospers, you will prosper. Can you believe that? Can we see how merciful God is? You have these people of emotional idols, now they're slaves, and he says, I want to bless you, and I even want to bless all the Babylonians just to bless you. Are you tracking me, church? So therefore, if we follow this pattern, God is saying, pray for the prosperity of South Africa, for America, and for the nations of the world, that we may prosper. Pray for the success of the government, that godly people would come into the governments of the world and run it God's way, and that everybody would prosper. In spite of what the Antichrist is trying to do, he's trying to take away our prosperity. Clearly, God still wants to bless the children of Israel after all the evil they have done. Verse 8. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are, they are telling you lies in my name. 
I have not sent them, says the Lord. Verse 10. This is what the Lord says. You'll be in Babylon for 70 years. Now, evidently, they're saying you're going to be released now. But that's not going to happen. God says you're going to be here for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I promised, and I will bring you home, back to Jerusalem. Now look at the next verse. Now we, we claim this verse, but you must understand this verse was written to the Israelites at that time in slavery. In slavery. In Babylon for their evil work. To those suffering judgment, God said, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. Are you tracking me, church? So if God is prepared to give idol worshippers in Babylon a future and a hope, is there a future and a hope for us? There is. Say this. There's a future and a hope for us. God is on our side. So before we talk about this portion of Scripture spoken while the children of Israel were in Babylon as captives, let's find out a little more about Babylon. Let's find out something about Babylon. Revelation 17, verse 5. New Living Translation. Revelation 17, 5. A mysterious name was written on her forehead. Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. So that's Babylon. Babylon was the source of all idol worship and idolatry and all prostitution. The children of Israel were slaves in that circumstance, and God instructs them to infiltrate that society without forgetting their identity, without forgetting who they are. Infiltrate that society, but remember who you are and pray for its prosperity. The mother of all harlots and prostitution and idol worship, pray for them to prosper and go into their lifestyles. Go into the bars, the nightclubs, but remember who you are. Don't drink that alcohol. Drink water. Amen. If you can handle that. I know you heard today you've got to be drunk. I'm not talking about that kind of drunk, right? Not at all. So God told them they would be delivered after 70 years. What amazes me is this historical account is how merciful God is when you read that. The children of Israel were living very evil lives. They were not receiving. Now that They're now receiving the harvest of what they had sown. And I'm sure they came to their senses in Babylon and repented. I'm sure they asked God to forgive them for their sinful ways. And then God says to him, this is what I plan to do for you now, even while you're still in Babylon. Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's go there again. For another plans I have for you, says the Lord, there are plans for you for good and not for disaster, 
to give you a future and a hope. No doubt God is merciful. Have we proved that point? Have we proved that point that God is merciful? If God was prepared to do that for His servants who worshipped idols, then He is at least prepared to do that for His children today who are worshipping Him. We should meditate on this portion of Scripture and we should claim this verse 29 for ourselves. Now, whatever you are going through right now, whatever challenges you are facing right now, you might be feeling like you are in Babylon with no future. When we look around us at all the problems in this world, we might feel like we are in Babylon right now. But never forget God's grace has given us weapons to stop the Antichrist like we are doing by praying in the Holy Ghost and use the name of Jesus and commanding Satan to release what's, what he has stolen. Just to mention a few of our weapons. Praying in the Spirit, Ephesians 6 verse 18. Praying in the Spirit. And Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good when we pray in tongues. And our shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart of the devil, Ephesians 6, 16. Don't forget about that. Above all, it says, all the weapons in Ephesians 6, above all, taking the shield of faith. The most important weapon we've got is our shield of faith because it will stop every attack of the devil. Not some, every. Amen? See, as I said this afternoon, some of our messages we're going to hear here will motivate us to charge into the battle, onto the battlefield. But then other messages are going to teach us how to use our sword and our shield to prepare us for the charge. Because you don't want to charge if you leave your shield behind and your sword behind and you don't even know how to use them, right? Don't charge. Good advice. It's great to be enthusiastic, but don't leave your sword and shield behind. Amen. So this is what we're doing here. Tonight we're learning how to use our sword and shield. We're learning about the grace and mercy of God, which gives us the freedom to use our weapons. Whatever we command in the name of Jesus, He will do. John 14, 12. Remember that, the power of that name. God has a great plan for your life. It is a good plan. It's a plan to give you a great future. It's a plan of hope. According to Jeremiah 29, 11. We just read it. So let's say this together, family of God. Let's say this in San Antonio and Cape Town. Please join us. Say this, everybody. I believe God is merciful. From, to, from today, I depend on His mercy to bring His plans of blessing to pass in my life. I will give Him all the glory. Even though I'm not perfect, even though 
I'm not highly educated. God's ability is more than enough to put me over in this life. And He will because He is merciful. Now praise Him, church. Hallelujah. 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 Let's stand up and let's praise the Lord tonight. Stand up in San Antonio. Stand up in, in uh, Cape Town. And let's just praise God. Let's praise God. Let's lift our hands and just praise Him. Praise you, Father, because you are merciful. You are merciful. You are wonderful. You are so wonderful, God. We love you. We worship you. Wonderful God. Merciful God. Praise you, God. We worship you. We love you, God. We worship you. Worship you. Thank you for your mercy and your grace, Father. Thank you for giving us the privilege of using your weapons, your weapons, in our warfare. Our weapons are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Thank you, Jesus. The shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, the name of Jesus, praying in the Holy Ghost. All ours because you are merciful. Thank you, Father. I have no hesitation in using your weapons to heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. We have no hesitation, Father, to use your weapons to stop the Antichrist in his tracks. You bought the harvest on the cross. It belongs to you, not the devil. And we claim the harvest. We claim a revival in the name of Jesus. We're taking back what Satan has stolen. Taking back what the devil has stolen from our lives, our family, the city, the nation, and the nations of the world. In the name of Jesus, the church is rising up with authority and power. Walking in the grace of God, the anointing of God, the power of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Father, for pouring out your presence upon us all. We give you all the glory. You come to us like the rain, Lord, like the rain. You come to us like the rain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You come to us like the rain. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. We worship you. worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Somebody take this pulpit away, please. Somebody take the pulpit away. I'm going to come down there. I'd like the cameras to follow me as I come down. Please.
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise Jesus. Give Him the glory, family. Now we remember, we remember that the presence of the Lord comes into the house when we worship God, right? The presence of God comes into the house when we worship Him. The presence of God comes into the house when we worship Him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father, worship you. Worship you, worship you. For your goodness and your mercy. Remember what happened to Jehoshaphat marching out to battle. As we heard this afternoon, he put his choir and his orchestra and his worship team in the front, right? And they were singing, for His good and His mercy endures forever. And when they sang that, God destroyed their enemy. Three nations that came against them. They fought against themselves. And when the, 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 the people of Judah came to the battlefield, all the enemy were dead. It took them three days to carry back the spoil. Three days for an entire army of Judah to carry back all the gold, the silver, and precious jewelry of all those people. Three days. That just shows you how many times they were outnumbered. But God can turn our problem into a blessing when we praise Him. Because He's God, right? He's God. He can turn our problems into a blessing. He can change your lemons to lemonade when you praise Him. Amen. Bless the Lord. He's so good. I just sense the presence of the Lord here in such a mighty way. How have you sensed the presence of God? Thank you, Jesus. you may be seated I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow tomorrow night if the anointing gets any stronger than this which it will which it will now I want to give away some books this one here is a daily devotional now I'm asking San Antonio people to give away my books as well I know you've got books there in Cape Town and I'll pay for them if they, if they can give them away right now as I'm doing this, Dr. Allen, they can hear me. So Cape Town, San Antonio, the first one I'm giving away is a day devotional, Faith for Today. Okay, just follow this. Now, in this book, I've got over 300 faith lessons. Over 300 faith lessons. And I took about three years to write this book. And every day I'd pray for a new faith lesson and God to speak to me. It took me about three hours to write one little faith lesson every day. And God told me to teach that throughout COVID. So I sent out a text to all of the South African members of the church and Johannesburg, uh, San Antonio, members of the church. Every day a little faith lesson called Faith for Today to encourage them through COVID. And you know what? 
God kept this church and the Santana church. We didn't skip a beat because every day they got a faith lesson. And faith stops the attack of the devil. Who wants this book? Well, let me ask you this question. Put your hands down. How many of you have got this book and you've read it? Or how many of you have read it? All right. Who wants it? No, you can't come up and get it. Otherwise, I'll be, I'll be stampeded. Everybody want to come up. No, you can't. I'm sorry. You see that if I say yes to her, I'm going to have 3,000 people come charging in here for a book. I can't take that. I can't handle that. All right. If you want this, stand up. No, stand up. Put your hand up. Now, if I throw this, it could knock somebody out. It's a heavy book. That's what I'd like to do. So I'm just going to throw it right here. <laughs> All right. So the next one is, who is the Holy Spirit? Who's read this book? All right. Who wants this book? Okay, did you all survive that back there? Okay, so San Antonio, Cape Town, the next one is how to recognize the voice of God. Now, this is very, very important, how to recognize the voice of God. I can't explain to you how important this is. But I can tell you a few times that we would not be here today if I did not hear the voice of the Lord direct me. And I can tell you, my wife would be dead, Candace would be dead, Natalie would be dead, Jacques, our youth pastor, would be dead, and when he was living here, and a few other people. God told me specifically to pray for them. My secretary would have been dead. A few people, God spoke to me and said, pray for these people right now. And I got out of bed and interceded for them, and God spared their lives. There's many stories in here about them. You need to know how to hear the voice of God. I can't tell you how important that is. Can't tell you. And because you don't, that's why people run, or, run after false prophets. The Bible says the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. That means mature Christians are led by the Spirit of God. Um, how do you know a mature Christian? If he's listening to the Spirit of God. And maybe Christians don't listen to the Spirit of God. But the sons or the mature ones do. So, let me ask, how many read this book? You read it? Okay, who wants this book? You haven't got one. Now, I'm going to give it to you. You promised to read it, right? Over that side. No, this side. <laughs> Jesus bought healing for all. Who wants this book? Who's read it? Wave at me if you've read this book. Who wants it? You need, to, you need to get my books and read them, family. You need to get my books and read them. Okay. Healing, uh, faith for healing and health. Faith for healing and health. Who wants this book? <laughs> faith to become... Who God destined you to be. Who wants this book? 
give me this mountain. Now, this book. Okay, put your hands down. Who's read this book? Now, okay, I'll come, I'll come over there. I'll, I'll come over there. Okay, just relax. I'm coming there. Now, this book is about claiming your destiny. That's what Caleb said to Joshua, give me this mountain. That was his destiny. This, this book talks about a visitation I had from Jesus about my ministry, about my destiny. And I promise you right now, this will have a huge impact on your life. Go and get this book. Give me this mountain. If you've got a, if you've got a ministry of destiny, you need to read this book. All right. This book, The Blood Covenant, I've been teaching this subject since 1982. Since 1982, the first time I ever taught The Blood Covenant, 1982, I bobbed total satellite into 1,200 churches across Canada and America. I was teaching along with Charles Capps, Norval Hayes, Bob Tilton, and, um, and Marilyn Hickey, all of us at Bible school lectures in that college. And I taught this subject, the blood covenant. And I've taught it several times through the years. And then God told me to write this book just recently. And I got the tapes that I've been teaching. I had them transcribed. And I left two lines between each line. I read each line and rewrote it by hand. Then I said to Corrie, please type it out again, leaving a space of two lines. And she gave me back what I'd written. It took a month to write it out. She gave me back what I'd written, and I read it through another month, and I rewrote it again. I did that six times in six months to write this book by hand. This is my, I think, my best work, my best work. Who wants this book? Who's read this book? Okay. Who wants it? Over here. Okay. Okay, the price of a decision, every decision you make has a price attached to it. Every decision has a price attached to it. Say this, among our everyday decisions are some that are final and irreversible. And we choose. And the moment passes and we seal our destiny. And we'll trace here from Abraham through the generations decisions that were made. And you'll see the effect of it throughout the Bible of the decision in this book. It'll shake you to your core and you'll realize the decisions you make, the impact it has on your life. Who's read this book? All right, who wants it? I hope nobody got injured over there. We will have a healing line after this. Okay, The Power of Positive Words. Who's read this book? Now, The Power of Positive Words, um, 
You know, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. So, in America, there's a very famous doctor called Don Colbert. His name is Don Colbert. He's very good friends with a lot of famous preachers. And um, so, Don Colbert uh, wrote prescriptions for some of his patients, his, his customers, patients. And my secretary said, there's this Don Colbert who's prescribing the power of positive words to his, to his people, his, his, his uh, patients. And after about nine different patients came in, and we sent it to them. Well, they, they called and we sent it to them. They paid for it, obviously. I said, I've got to meet this Don Colbert. So I traced him and phoned him. And I said, what are you doing? He says, well, he says, I have looked at this subject on various names. I don't want to mention the names he mentioned. For years, this has been a subject that's intrigued me. And he says, no one teaches it like you. So by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I just thank the Lord for that. I just thought I'd mention that to you. So I think God covered what you have, would like you to have this book too. Who wants it? All right, now I'm going to throw it right at the back, okay? Can you catch it? There it comes. Okay, how to pray correctly. This deals with a whole different, lots of different kinds of prayer. Lots of different kinds of prayer. The serpent's head was crushed. Can the mercy of God be measured? Is God doing enough to save the lost? Who is the Holy Spirit? Fervency, the power for, uh, for breakthrough. You can be bold. It's in you. Walking with God. Is this possible? Can we influence angels and demons around us? I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Let's cross over to the other side. The reward of the faithful servant, partaking of life, how to give our problems to God. God wants you more than you want. You. God wants you more than you want yourself. Against the ropes, a vision of the complete project. Well, all that's different titles for different chapters in disguise. You won't know what it's about until you read it. Okay, who wants this book? Over there. Now, this is heavy, right? Don't get hurt now. Be careful. I might have thrown it far. And this is the Bible. I've got about 50 sermons in here. I've got about 50 sermons in here. Now, the actual notes that I used to preach and teach from, like tonight's message, those actual notes, word for word, are in here. How many of you remember April the 16th, 1985, when the power of God moved? Were you in that meeting? April 16th, 1985, the Spirit of God moved right through the whole building. Everybody fell in the power. Everybody got healed. And the tent next door, everybody was slain the power. Everybody get healed. Supernatural meaning. That message 
word for word is in here, along with a lot of very famous messages in here. So I can't throw this, it's too heavy. No, the lady. <laughs> okay, God bless you. Love you. I'm going to hand back. We're going to pray. We're going to sing a song. On the way out, we're going to sing a song. We didn't do the altar call. We didn't do the altar call. I have to do the altar call. I have to do the altar call. Can't not. I don't walk out of service without doing altar call. Please, I'm sorry. Bow your heads if you don't mind. San Antonio, Johannesburg, I mean, and Cape Town, just bow our heads. You never know who's here today that needs Jesus. You never know. This won't take long. All right. If everybody could just stop moving for a moment. Thank you. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, I know a lot of folks have gone already. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus and you want to be sure you're going to heaven, God can put the assurance in your heart tonight that you will go to heaven. You can have that assurance. If you want it, if you want to know you'll go to heaven, if you want to know God's forgiven you for your sins, I'm going to pray for you and God will give it to you if you invite Him to speak to you. So before I pray, I'm going to count to three. And that's your moment to put your hand up, which indicates to God, I'm inviting you to speak to me tonight. I want the assurance of my salvation. Are you ready to raise your hand? Here we go. One, two, three. Thank you. You see those hands? Now, workers are coming to put their hands on your shoulders to let you know that we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray this little prayer. Thank you. I invite everybody to say this prayer with me, especially those who raised their hands. Let's all say the prayer together. Say this, please. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to the cross to die in my place. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. I declare you are my Lord and Savior. And from today, I'll live for you with all my heart till I see you face to face on that wonderful day. Praise God, I'm saved. I'm bound for heaven. God is my Father. I'm God's child. Praise God. Thank you for saving me. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.